Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome everyone. Ahlan wa sahlan marhaban bikum. I hope everyone is well. I hope to see you guys join our program. Inshallah, you guys are enjoying and learning from our discussions. Welcome back to Daily Recitals every Monday. Inshallah, Mufti Abdul Wahab will be joining us very soon. In the meantime, I'd like to welcome everyone. And please give us your time, your, your, your mind, your soul. And I recommend taking notes because Al-ilmu saydun wal-kitabatu lahu qaydun. Uh, nothing is better than trapping knowledge and, and, and strapping it and holding it by writing it. So welcome everyone, Sister Aisha, Sister Zainab, Maria, Salam, everyone that's here. I want to welcome everyone that's joining us from Michigan and those who are joining us from out of state. I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he is keeping all of you in the best of spirits and souls and in health and you and your family are safe from the effect of COVID-19 and I pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that all those who have died in doing COVID before COVID and those who will die in the future that he forgives all of our sins and he gives the reward for the family members of Sabr Jameel so thank you for joining everyone and I hope that our discussions are helping you in your daily life. And I'd like to know if there are people in our chat, in our viewers, who are actually practicing these daily recitals. We talked about um, Surah Al-Mu'minun, the last verses of Surah Al-Mu'minun, in our last discussion. And I, and I, we, we, we covered you know, some of the most important parts of it. Verse number 116, 115 till the end. Till the end of the surah. We talked about the tafsir of the ayah. We talked about the benefit of that verse. And I just hope we can in, in, inculcate it and, and apply it into our life. Tonight, we're going to do a surah that is not, you know, strange to us. We recite the surah. We hear the surah all the time. And uh, there's something about the surah that's special. I'm going to let the audience guess what surah we're going to discuss today. And I'm going to sip on my dud patte. Dud patte. Dud patte. You know me, when Mufti Dohab is not here, I got, I got the leverage to say whatever I want. And, and you know, he can watch the recording later. But uh, what is going on? What do, what do you think we're going to discuss today? What surah? One of the most famous surahs in the Quran. Surah in the Quran. And, and it discusses... We, we are very connected to the surah. Alhamdulillah, people who are asking me, I'm doing well. Alhamdulillah, as you can see, I am in my basement. That's, that's what it is. I'm blessed. Alhamdulillah, the light flashing in my face. It's not the nur of my face. It's a reflection of the light, just to make that very clear. Um. So you guys are not going to tell me the surah. Okay. All right, all right. Let's get this going. Tonight we're going to do, yes, Sadim, brother Sadim Khan. He looks like he has he has his um, antenna on. Well, good job, brother Sadim. We will be doing surah Yasin, correct. 
Surah Yasin. Surah Yasin will be, it's it's a very important surah. Uh, chapter 36 of the Quran, we recite this all the time. So we're going to discuss a particular ayah that the Prophet Sallallahu uh, he he recited when he was migrating and the impact of that verse on those who were trying to kill him. So we're going to do Surah Yasin. Correct. All those who answer Surah Yasin. I hope all of us memorize Surah Yasin. That's, you know, I, I encourage everyone to memorize it. Why? The Prophet ﷺ said, I wish every follower in my ummah memorizes Surah Yasin. Every follower in my ummah has this surah memorized. For those who are half the Quran, they already know it. But this should be a daily recital in our life. The entire surah. Uh, there are so many benefits of it. We're, we talked about this in the Ramadan reflection. If you go back to Miftah uh, YouTube page, Mufti Abdurrahman and I, we covered Surah Yasin. I think it took us two days. We did two nights and we talked about this. So we're not going to go into the details of this. But again, I want to welcome everyone. Everyone that's joining us from all across the world, from Michigan, Ohio, from all across the states, from Canada, from uh, UK, Australia, Anywhere, everywhere, you know, from Pakistan, India, Indonesia. We have people watching us from Malaysia. Um, welcome to the program. And I'm excited for Mufti Abdul to join us. Once he joins us, we're going to get the sips um, sailing, inshallah, into the, in the deep water. Mufti Abdul always has this deep uh, discussions and stuff. So that's what we're going to do today. I hope you guys are ready. And uh, be patient with us. We have family from joining us from... Illinois. Oh, welcome, welcome, Mufti Abdul Wahab Sahib. How are you doing? How you doing? Alhamdulillah, how are you? Alhamdulillah. You on the right side? Yeah, you know, Ashabul Yameen. Yeah, does that mean I'm or Which one? You're Sabiqun. You know, we, we got to, you know, you know, everyone's well, everyone's waiting for you. You get much? No, of course not, Bajan. You, you 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 pumped everyone up? Not really. I don't have a gas pump today. Yeah, you know? gas. <laughs> no, you it's know. okay. We're Tesla. Just just you know, electric. In electric, electric. electric. <laughs> so we're excited. Um, I told them, I told them. I asked the audience to guess, and Brother Sadim actually replied, and some other brothers and sisters replied. Brother Sadim, Surah Yasin. And you know me, I'm having my dudu pati and Oh wow. I finished my this, second. You have, you have me on, on on this computer camera teaching from Iftah and other institutions all day. It's just too much. People love it, Bajan. I don't know. I, I really think people who are watching me are like kind of like, it's getting old now. No, no. <laughs> no they enjoy it. They enjoy okay. it. You guys Let's enjoy it? You guys enjoy Sheikh Abdullah? Being on live, you know, please. Listen, you need some, man, don't do that. You need some motivation. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> not at Let's all. Not at all so a lot of the students are coming on from the Iftar Light class. That's where we just, that's where, by the way, for those that are wondering why I always join two or three, four and five minutes late, is because we finish our class um, um, for our um, Iftar Light program around at 9.05, 9.06, and we jump right on. And mashallah, a lot of the students also come on. So may Allah bless them. Uh, they have a similar schedule like us. <laughs> you look like you're tired. Are you okay? I'm all right, man. You're right. You want some dutbati? I guess I'm, I, I finished my coffee. Okay, let's get going with this up. People are waiting. We're 10 minutes past the hour. Will you allow me to recite some of verses? Course, yeah. Please, please, please. All right. <laughs> <laughs> 
أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ياسين والقرآن الحكيم إنك لمن المرسلين على صراط مستقيم تنزيل العزيز الرحيم لتنذر قوما ما أنذر آباؤهم فهم غافلون لقد حق القول على أكثرهم فهم لا يؤمنون إنا جعلنا في أعناقهم أغلالا فهي إلى الأذقان فهم مقمحون وجعلنا من بين أيديهم سدا ومن خلفهم سدا فأغشيناهم فهم لا يبصرون وسواء عليهم أأنذرتهم أم لم تنذرهم لا يؤمنون صدق الله العظيم That's beautiful, Bajan. Um, he put a smile on people's faces, mashallah, with you being on screen. And um, he also put a smile with your recitation. So may Allah bless you. Let's get into it, Bajan. I'm going to read the whole surah. No, we don't. <laughs> I was so getting excited. I was going to read the whole surah. And, um, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure if, um, you know, I'm sure everyone will enjoy it. But, you know, they won't get any of your, your, your insights then. Um, so, Bijan, we, we today are focusing on a specific ayah. So, so for the audience not to be, you know, uh, confused that we're not doing um, the tafsir of Surah Yasin um, that was done in Ramadan. But you know, we had our, you know, our, our daily reflections, Quran reflections. Uh, inshallah, you will also do that, do that again in uh, in multiple programs. Today, continuing the concept of the daily recitals of, of specific verses and ayat that through reciting them. Um, there is, you know, a great amount of virtue and benefit. But Jen, obviously Surah Yasin in itself has so many benefits, right? It's the heart of the Qur'an. If Whoever reads it, Allah will take care of all of their needs. But today's focus is not per se on the benefits of the entire surah because that will take us a few sessions, right, Bajan? Oh, if it takes us many sessions, we can't do the surah. Many sessions, right? We're just focusing on a specific verse or a few verses that are in front of that and behind that, inshallah, so we can take the benefit of that verse specifically and start implementing it in our life wherever the need is. I, I already told the audience that we've done this in Ramadan, so they can watch the Ramadan series, uh, Quran Reflections 30-30, and they can get two days of Surah Yasin from Dibdur Rahman. He went deep. He went deep. Scuba yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> he took out the pearls there. Oh, man, so today, we want to start with what we're starting with, inshallah? So, I mean, it would be good to just break down the translation a little bit right. of Yasin. Of course, the background of this, it's, it should be in your daily recitals, the whole surah. Of course, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to the Prophet, Yasin, 
you know, uh, Allah Alam, Allah knows best what this uh, what this word means. A lot of people say this is the name of the Prophet. Mm-hmm. Some say that's not the name of the Prophet. But um, it is definitely Allah is saying, yeah, which usually means nida, like, oh, seen, you know. Um, but it's if you just take it as one word, yeah, seen. Mm-hmm. Allah is definitely speaking to the Prophet. Allah swears by the Quran that is Hakim, which is full of wisdom, full of law, full of um, knowledge. And then Allah subhanahu and then what is Allah taking oath upon? Like a by, like he's taking oath by the Quran for what reason? Imagine the Prophet being told by a whole society that you are not a prophet, you're a liar. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to reinstate that. No, that the Prophet didn't doubt himself. Verily, you are uh, the messenger. Like everyone has some type of friendship or relationship and their friends and their people and their peers kind of question their ability, though they're most competent for it. So that was happening to the Prophet ﷺ. Everyone's questioning his mental state, his capability, his prophethood. And they're calling the Prophet ﷺ as like he's, he's left the, the, the path of their forefathers now he started his own message. You know, he's innovating this new religion, calling him crazy, he's calling him misguided, misguiding. He's like, you're, you're, you're misguided and you're misguiding all of our families. Imagine that. Imagine a sheikh in your community that comes to help your children and you're telling him, right? Or, you know, your teacher, you are misguiding my children. Mm. Like, I, I don't know. I just told them to pray five times salah. Don't tell my children to pray isha. They got homework. Like, <laughs> you, you got, there are people like that. You know, and don't ask my children to come to Friday night lectures or something. You know, they have to go to their uncle's house or their grandmother's house. You know, like we have birthday parties, birthday party, you know. So it's like you have so much opposition and people are calling the guided person misguided. Those who are trying to guide you as to the mad in, um, misguided people. Allah says, Ala salatul mustaqim, you are on the straight path. And this is discussion. Tanzeel al-Aziz al-Rahim, you are getting revelation from the most mighty and merciful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The reason this revelation is coming to you is to warn people whose forefathers did not get warned or their forefathers did not warn them and they were in the state of negligence. Basically coming to a society for years no prophet had come to them. And of course the, the truth, the matter of truth has been solidified and fortified and reinstated for for most of these people that all these people that you're trying so eager to guide, most of them are not going to accept Islam. That's like just to comfort the Prophet ﷺ, Like that doesn't mean he stops calling them towards Allah. But imagine someone saying to you, most of your most of the students are going to fail. That doesn't mean you don't try. Mm-hmm. But it's to comfort the Prophet ﷺ, Like no, uh, even if you try your best um, to guide these people, you go out of your way, you become you give up your nights, you give up your sleep, just know that guidance is in the hands of Allah. Nobody has a choice to guide them. It's Allah that guides them. So just understand that so you don't get overwhelmed. Then Allah SWT speaks about people who are not guided or because of their uh, uh, their their arrogance and their position on Quran and Islam. Allah speaks about their level of blindness. And it gets figurative. It gets very, it, it gets, it, Allah makes you depict something. Like Allah can say, 
or they're just guided, like misguided. Sometimes okay. Ala Abu Salim Rishawa, like they have a, a, a veil over their eyes. Mm. He's not just calling them blind. Sometimes he calls them blind. They're blind, they're deaf. Mm. They don't have any comprehension. Sometimes Allah goes further to make you understand that someone's blindfolded, mm. right? Meaning that is an external reason why they're blind. They're not blind deeply, but they've chosen to be blind. They've chosen to hide the truth from themselves. Basically, they're avoiding it. You know, they're avoiding it. As if yeah, they're avoiding it. It's in front of them. So Allah says, Verily we have put on their necks these, these brass, these, these, these shackles or these iron um, cuffs around their neck, which are literally holding them. Uh, so they, as if their arms are locked up to their chins and they just can't move. Meaning they can't see. They can't see. They can't see anything. They're like just in one position. They can't see right. Can Allah says in the Quran, "Sanurihim ayatina fil afaqi wa fi anfusihim." We're going to show them signs in two things: in the in the in the in the world, afaq means in the universe, and we're also going to show them signs within themselves. Like look at yourself, and you'll be able to see God is a oneness. So what Allah is doing to these, Allah is saying in this ayah that we have kind of like they've restrained themselves to see the truth. They can't move. They can't. They can't admire God's beauty. They can't admire God's oneness. And mahun, and they're just frozen in that one position where they can't. Their heads are just locked up like this. You know, like they they can't move. Uh, so they can't move because Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has made them to not move, or is it because they've chosen that state, vision that they don't want to see the truth? It looks like this is. Of course, Allah is the one that misguides. Mm-hmm. But this is. Allah says. If they want, they could make the choice of changing their position and accepting Islam, right? Of course, in the end of the day, Allah is the one that decides who gets guided and who doesn't. But you have to make, make the in, in, initial effort for guidance. Study, ask, inquire. So here, that's what's going on. 100%. So now we're coming to the ayah that we want to talk about. I'm very excited. Are you excited about this? Of course. I want to see you smile. This is the ayah that we've been reading since we were kids. So let's do it. Please don't tell them the story about the border. Please. No, 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 no. Not don't do that. Please don't, don't, don't do that. Like I, I, the border, the U.S. customs and the border traumatizes you, Bajan? Huh? It traumatizes you? I've, I've been, I've been traumatized. Any therapy, man? The thing is. You, the border, this this is a dua that you recite in the state of fear that the Prophet decided when there were people attacking him. Mm-hmm. You know, our brothers at the border and sisters are not bad people, but just they would try to intimidate us mm-hmm. of our religion, the way we dress, our ethnicity. Though, you know, we're Americans, but still we will get the type of discrimination that another American wouldn't get. This is the verse that we're focusing on. Go ahead. But you want to tell what verse number this is? Verse number nine of chapter number thirty-six. Verse number nine, chapter number thirty-six. So Go the build-up, the vision, the build-up has been this entire time that you know you don't, don't get, don't stop what you're doing. Um, these people, they have the ability to choose to be guided. Like they, they, the, the signs are there for them. They put, they put themselves in into this well that they, they don't want to be guided. And not only do they not want to be guided, they actually want to harm you. Uh, there's a difference between a person who 
chooses to be misguided in comparison to a person who's harming other people. And even in the Quraysh of Mecca, there were different types of uh, there were different types of non-Muslims. Amongst them were the helpers of, of, of the Prophet. Amongst them were people that were neutral. And then there were those that were, you know, open enemies of Islam. And this is what this ayah is referring to, but then you can speak about the story afterwards. I won't speak about the story yeah, of yeah. when this incident took place. But just the idea of where Hassan al-Basri rahimullah says that uh, Like I am astonished about four who forget about four. Like four, sta four states that you are in, you should never forget about these four du'as. Four states, four du'as. Oh, I, I'm 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 astonished about a person who is who he or she is engulfed by sadness and and, and worry. like they're they're in the state of sadness. How can they ever be neglectful of La ilaha illa anta Subhanaka inni kuntum nadalimin? They should never be neglectful of that. Wow. And we're, we're all truthfully we're all in one of these four states because we're all going through one of these four states, right? Number two, he says, I'm astonished about a person who is who is challenged with difficulties, i.e. sickness, loss of wealth, loss of children. How can you forget about the ayah of Rabbi anni masani rahimin the dua of Ayyub He also lost children, he also lost health, and he also lost wealth. All three of these things. And both of these ayat are found in Surah Al-Anbiya. And then the third he says, I am astonished. Like I am astonished about a person who is challenged through fear. Like we all have moments in life where we're scared, right? Like, uh, I mean, at different times, traveling in the middle of the night, driving, uh, you know, for some crossing the border, for others... Different things that we are, we're fearful of. We're we're human beings. We're supposed to be afraid at times. If we're not, that means that's not a sign of bravery. That's a, in some ways a sign of our our, our, our um, you know our us not being connected to society. I'm not, I'm not. I won't say stupidity because that's a very negative word. But which ayah should we remember? Hasbunallah wa ni'mal wakil wa ni'mal maula wa ni'mal nasir. Which is in Surah An-Nisa, right? Like. Hasbunallah. This is the dua that Ibrahim السلام, made when he was being thrown inside of the fire that Allah protected him in. And the fourth one is pretty much a combination of all three things. All three things. Where a person that's in fear and he is he is you know being cornered, meaning that he's going through a hardship, and he's also sad because the Prophet was leaving the city of his beloved Makkatul Mukarramah. And he says, how can a person be going through these things and not remember this dua of This is the dua to recite when we're dealing with any of these three things. And specifically fear, but any of these three things because when Sheikh Abdullah tells you the story in the background of what was happening and you understand the emotions that the Prophet is dealing with. And the third one is when we're in fear. Uh, 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 third one is when we're in fear. So these emotions that are going through the Prophet's heart and as he's leaving the city and he recites these verses 
It makes everything become easy. Which means we place in front of them sadda, a barrier. The word sadda is used in the Quran in multiple ways. One of those ways is Sadda means that you place a barrier between a person's harm and you. So Allah is saying when you speak, speak in such a manner that your speech is actually a barrier of harm between your tongue and the person that you're speaking to. Wow. There should be no harm that goes from your tongue and to the person that you're speaking to. And it's very important for us to realize that when we speak, we're not responsible for what we say. We're also responsible for how it's received. Mm. are based on intentions. Not mu'asharat and mu'amalat. It's not a'mal or intention. But when it comes to words that I say, like for example, if someone says, na'udhu bil talaq, the intention is not, it's not sought. It's the word that's seen. When mm. a person, I didn't mean to hurt you. Or I didn't mean to make make you feel that way. That's that's secondary. What you said is what you said. So Allah for says, for Allah says, Sadida, make it a barrier between any harm. So Allah the says, same word, the same word was used in um, Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Let's go. Pretty much referring to the story of of Dil Qarnain and Yajuj and Majuj. Where make a strong barrier, a wall between us that no one can ever break through. So Allah SWT is saying is, we made a barrier for you. Was there a physical barrier? Obviously not. Then, Bajan, there's a second part of the ayah we can discuss separately. But I think in order for them to understand and appreciate this verse, they have to know the background of it, right? And Bajan, I want you, being the Sira master, mashallah, of North Don't America. I'm not Sira master, man. Not, lay it out for them. And for no, no, a simple guy learning Sira. Uh, this is this is a verse when the Prophet Sallam was uh, planning to leave Makkah Mukarrama, and people knew the Muslims had already migrated. Everybody was hiding to, and migrating. There's only one person that migrated publicly. Who's that? May Allah Subhanahu Taala elevate his status. You know, Ya Man Yara Umar. When you said his name, even you see his name on screen, my laptop shakes. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, like he was so powerful that in those days, if you said his name in the palace of the Roman or the Persian emperors, they would they would shiver. They would shiver. And um, anha says, you know, bless your gatherings with the mention of the stories of Umar. It gives you hope. It gives you courage. gives you optimism. And it also makes you feel you have so much more to do. Mm. You know, you so much more. Like, as a Muslim, there's so much more to do. He never stopped, you know, individually and also like at a global level from the growth of Islam politically. So, I mean, I mean Umar is the only person that went publicly out he um Allah says Ma Alim to an Ahadan Minal Muhajirin Hajra Illa Muhtafian. He said, I don't know anyone that migrated from Makkah to Medina except they had to hide. They had to disguise themselves. They didn't want to get known. They didn't want to get they didn't want they didn't want anyone to see them. 
illa Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu anhu. Ali radiyallahu anhu says, I only know one person that was Umar ibn al-Khattab who was able to walk out without anyone, in, without fearing anyone or, you know, not hiding from anyone. فَإِنَّهُ لَمَّا هَمَّ بِالْهِجْرَةِ تَقَلَّدَ سَيْفٌ When he made intention for hijrah, he just kind of like cocked his sword. You know, like, you know, like making sure that everything is, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was belt, he was wired up, you know, he was ready to go. Anyone coming to threaten him, he would defend his case. Anyways, uh, he was strapped, I can say in, in, in our language. Strapped. He was strapped, you know. So he gets out, he goes to pray salah, he, and he prays after praying salah. Quraysh was sitting all around the Kaaba, and then he and then he goes to each of the the the, the leaders group. Each leader of Quraysh had their own cabinet, like you know the different parties, parties, this political party. This, these, the, the, so you can say the the entire I don't want to say the entire you know parliament. Mm -hmm. I don't wanna, I don't want to say any word that kind of makes uh, uh, the Islamophobes get all excited. The entire parliament of the of Mecca was sitting there. And uh, they were ready to just, they were like, what's this guy doing? And then he goes to them, he says, Man arada an umma. Oh, you tamma walada. Oh, you rammila zawjata. Anyone that wants their mother to cry over the loss of a child or wants their children to be considered to, um, labeled orphan or they want their wife to become a widow, ajo, ajo, mukabla kabir. Come, 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 buddy. You know, let's go. We'll Meet me behind the valley. So you know, Jabal Umar, these mm. mountains are coming. Uh, the mountains are where the new construction is. That's exactly where Umar was leaving from. Oh. It's called Jabal Umar, the mountain of Umar, where he pointed towards that valley, and that valley today is called Jabal Umar. And he's like, "Meet me here. I'll see you there, buddy." And it comes in the narration, "Fama qama ahad, fama tabi ahad min min um." Nobody followed him because they were afraid. So the Prophet ﷺ was also worried about his migration because if the Prophet migrates, he's out of their hand. Now the Prophet has a place to go, alhamdulillah, which is Medina to Munawwara. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَإِذْ يَمْكُرُوا بِكَ الَّذِينَ كَفْرُوا لِيُثْبِتُوكَ أَوْ يَقْتُلُوكَ أَوْ يُخْرِجُوكَ وَيَمْكُرُونَ وَيَمْكُرُوا اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ خَلِلْ مَاكِلِينَ When the Quraysh was plotting to kill the Prophet, they had three options. Like we just tie him up and, and keep him incarcerated, in jail, like in isolation. No one will see him. He can't see anybody. That's it. Case over. The second option, kill him. Kill the prophet. The case is over. Oh, you khrijuk. Oh, you exile him to a land that, you know, he can live in. So what happened is the, the Quraysh really didn't know what to do. So the Quraysh got together in their, in their uh, circle, which is Darun Najwa in their parliament house, basically, and where they would make all the political decisions. And this was a major, major decision. You can say they started to do votes and started to take opinions. What do we do? How do we stop the Prophet from migrating? Someone said, let's, let's tie him up. Right? Let's tie him up. And nobody was allowed to come in that room except if you were publicly, you, you had some, you had some, some political movement in Makkah. You couldn't be from outside. Like this was a secret gathering. Somehow a stranger got in who, and this was shaitan in the form of a human. And, and he, he looked like an old person. He says, uh, said, oh, this person is from like the Najd tribe, you know, somewhere in Arabia. And he, an old person like, oh, he's harmless. So let him in. So they let him in. 
So they started to talk and then one person said, let's, let's take him on a ride and just exile him. Just take him far away in the desert. Desert's huge. He's never going to make it back. He won't know anywhere. By the time he comes back, no one's going to find him. No one can reach him. No one's going to know. So the, the, this man, the shaitan says, I don't think this is a good opinion. Um, if you take him out and he goes to another land and they, they embrace him, Yemen, Ethiopia, Pakistan, wherever land you want to send him, they embrace him. They'll accept his message and eventually they will come and fight you. So you're sending him to a land that will come attack you. Oh, they're like, oh, this old man has a really good opinion. Let's try something else. So they said, um, let's keep him inside a home. Till he dies. Like, case over. The shaitan said, like, I don't think this is the best opinion. Because you think his own tribe, Banu Hashim, and his own tribe, Quraysh, will allow this to happen. Like their kid or their nephew is here. Abbas is there. This won't happen. So you got to come up with a better plan because this is more, you can't do this in their backyard. So then Abu Jahl speaks. The shaitan. Like Abu Jahl is the the, the, the pinnacle. The closest, human, the closest human to shaitan. The closest human to shaitan, right? فَقَالَ أَبُوْ جَهَلْ أَرَى أَن تُخْرِجُوا مِنْ كُلْ قَبِيلَةٍ رَجُلٍ Listen, the only way I can see this happening is out, out of 100 tribes, all the tribes that we have in this area, everyone dedicates one youngster from the tribe to assassinate the Prophet So you get, they all, 100 of them come, they all come together and, and the killing intention to kill the Prophet. We all kill him. Nobody can say I killed him. No one can say he killed him. There were 100 of us that plotted. So we're all criminals. We all have to pay the blood penalty. So not the, and Quraysh, Banu Hashim cannot fight 90, like 100 tribes. Right? So they're not going to fight the whole Arabia or whole Makkah. So they're going to have to compromise. Oh, you killed our relative. So there's 100 camels and, and blood money. And Diya, khalas, case over. I'm gonna sh- the Shaitan Hussein says, Ni'ma ma ra'a I like this opinion. <laughs> yeah, Abu Jahl Shaitan ka bacha. You know? That's crazy. That's crazy. So, that's was that was the ultimate plan. So they got hundred people lined up, and the Prophet ﷺ tells Ali radiallahu an, "I want you to stay on my bed." And everyone knows the Prophet's reason was one: the Prophet was going to migrate eventually. Number two is that Ali, the Prophet ﷺ was the one who would hold the value valuables of the people of Makkah. Like many of us, if we were in the case of the Prophet ﷺ, like let's take all this money of these same people who want to kill me, right? Like. Why not? Why not? He was a safe. He was I, the bank would be blasphemy to say the prophet was a bank. That would be blasphemy because the amount of corruption there is in the banking system. Like the he was the the way the people the the Muckins, when they would travel, they wouldn't even leave their money with their relatives, their spouse. They would leave it with the prophet. Like oh. it's either with Muhammad and Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, his Sadiq Al Amin. They do, they didn't believe him as a prophet. They had a they had their own issues, but then he was he would never cheat them. Sadiq al-Amin. Unbelievable. Right? Today you leave your car with someone, like I'm going to go out of town. Like By the time you come back, the car's like lost two tires. <laughs> like it's Amana. Like just leave it. I just need you to protect. You know, like I was borrowing it, you know, popped up the tires. I didn't get time to fix it. I'll fix it now. Like, you know, we, 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 we abuse people's trust. The Prophet okay. was so mindful of that before Islam. And in Islam, after Nubuwa too. Nevertheless, the Prophet has plans to get out and he is informed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Jibreel comes and informs the Prophet, these guys are all lined up outside your house. The Prophet gets out, he gets out of the door 
he grabs dirt from the ground and he throws this dirt on their face and he recites Surah Yasin. And as he's doing this, he's reciting Surah Yasin, all these verses that are recited all the way to verse number nine, right? Till number nine, ten. He recited these verses and he threw dirt on their face. So Mufti Sab, I came across this in my seerah and I came across again in my readings today. Ibn Abbas says, Anyone, the Prophet said they were in the, in the dirt, there were some rocks and pebbles. If someone got hit by rocks and the stones, they died in the, in the battle of Badr. Yeah. There was effect of it. And if there was dirt, they didn't die. Wow. There were 100 plus people. Right? Wow. So he. He just took dirt and he recited Yasin and just threw it at them and, and they could not see the Prophet The Prophet walks out and then he goes, the discussion gets bigger when he joins. Scholars say, what is the wisdom of the Prophet throwing dirt? Why did the Prophet throw dirt? He could have just you know, made some other prayer. It's to show that these people are so, so insignificant. Mm. You know, they deserve dirt on their face. So that that's the reason. You give the whole the whole backdrop of what's happening with the Prophet in this. Well, I gotta ask you something very important. Like, what is the wisdom of the Prophet migrating from Makkah to Medina? Like, why could he not just stay? Of course, there was like life was rough and times were difficult. The Muslims gonna practice. I read something really important. I'm just gonna share with you quickly. This is what was the reason the Prophet went to another land like Medina, you know. And they said that um, it says, Hikmatullahi ta'ala, ta'ala The Prophet his existence in the time and the location brought that time and location to be special. It gave it honor. Like his, him coming in that era was the best era of the world. The best era. Living in the cities that he lived in made the cities relevant. Now the issue is that Makkah was already relevant. So someone will think that the, the Prophet ﷺ became relevant because of Makkah, not vice versa. And now we will say, why? So Ismail ﷺ, Ibrahim ﷺ made Makkah ready enough. They were relevant. They were noble. Haram. Haram. They were very sacred. So someone would say, why could he not just go to Bayt al-Maqdis? Our answer comes again. Bayt al-Maqdis is considered to be the, um, the most sacred land, one of the most sacred lands. It is the Ard al-Mahshar. That's where the resurrection will begin. And that already has... The, the significance of many prophets that oh. came. We, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to prove uh, exclusive importance to the Prophet and a specific land. This is why the Prophet migrated to a land that had really no value before the time of the Prophet and it was uh, it was Yathrib and the Prophet's arrival in Medina made it Taiba in Medina to Al-Munawwara, the lit city. So now there's no doubt that the Prophet literally changed the whole Geopolitical position of that own own place. It's like it's like use example of a sports team. If the team had had already won a championship and someone great is added to that team and they win again, they say, "Oh well, you know, we won without you and we won with you." And then oh, yeah. when you lose that person and you win without them, like now now I won I won because of me, right? Um, so nonetheless, Bajan, the ayah yes, this ayah is recited. Um, out of fear of an enemy, out of fear of something or someone, this ayah is recited. So the ayah, so that backdrop is there for everyone that this is what was happening at the time of the Prophet. 
I don't think we can ever be at a time in a moment where we can be more scared than this, where a person has spears outside your house, you're about to be killed. Um, hundred swords. Hundred, hundred swords. Like, like that is the epitome of being scared, right? Uh, and the Prophet is a human. Like he does, th there is fear that humans experience. And the Prophet is also a human. So him reading this was him removing that anxiety, him coming back to ease. So even when we're going through some uh, uneasiness or anxiety or fear of, it can be anything, right? Right? And Ali that was sleeping there was also affected by that dua where he slept very well. In that beautiful hadith where they asked him, how was your sleep that night? And he said that this is the best sleep that I ever had in my life. I didn't feel any cold. I didn't feel any warmth. I just I just slept very beautifully, right? Uh, nonetheless, what does this ayah mean? Allah bring a barrier in front of them. A barrier that cannot be moved, that cannot be compromised. Uh, look, the barrier was not a physical barrier. And this is where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala shows his qudra. Sometimes Allah will bring a physical barrier in what he did with Ya'juj and Ma'juj. But other times Allah doesn't need to bring the physical barrier. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that shows and Allah is the one that removes. So Khalfihim said that as well. Put a barrier behind them. Right? This word which means that he covered them, right? Uh, he engulfed them, is actually a word that is used for qiyamah, right? Which means that a person is not naturally blind, but because of because of their stress, their anxiety, their fear, Allah makes them become blind. They're so scared. is They could see, right? But because of some fear or something, some, something that they were facing internally, they lost sight of things. It happens, it happens a lot psychologically when you're going through some trauma or some, you hear some news, you just, you, you, you forget, you can't hear the noises around you. you, you you're just so overwhelmed. You know, it happened with Uthman and Abu Umar. You know that, right? Salam. Yeah, like you know, Umar Khattab, after the death of the Prophet Uthman bin Affan went to Umar bin Khattab, said Assalamu alaikum. Umar bin Khattab never replied. Right? Mm. Is that the story? Opposite way. Opposite way. So Umar bin Khattab went to Uthman. Yeah, Abu Bakr went to Uthman, I believe, and he was when I said Salam, and Uthman didn't he was didn't respond, and when he asked him afterwards, why didn't you respond to my Salam? He said, I mean, I didn't even realize you said Salam to me, right? I was yeah. I was in a different. Right? Allah SWT uses this for death Where mm. you're surrounded by angels And you're surrounded by the pangs of death That's أغشيناهم. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes over right? The beauty wow. of The power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is such That he can keep the, 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 the That He can keep the essence And remove the sifa right? So you had fire of Ibrahim Allah said Kuni barada. You become cool right? Just become cool they say, Bajan, Ibn Abbas is in that ayah, that if Allah did not say, Wasalaman, right, that fire would have burnt him. That's how cool it would have become. So Allah said, Wasalaman, become peaceful. The fire from the outside looks like fire, but from, from the inside, it's, it's a garden of paradise. So from the outside, these people are the ones that are looking, they have the spear, they have the swords. We cover them. Generally, this concept is used for the akhirah. 
right? Where people will be blind because of their, uh, their, their, their lack of good deeds that they have brought forward. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings this ayah for the dunya. If a person is harming his prophet, if a person is becoming a barrier for the hijrah, a person is becoming a barrier for someone moving forward in their deen and progressing, Allah puts a barrier between that person and them, and Allah allows that person to progress. But what is a muhajir? A muhajir for us in today's time is a person who migrates from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made impermissible for us. Right? Our migration doesn't have to be from a place, it can be from a person, it can be from an idea, it can be from a thing. Anything which holds us back, we should do hijrah from that, we should migrate from that. And if we're struggling, Allah says, they weren't able, they tried hard to see, but they couldn't see, right? There was a beautiful, easy pathway for the Prophet just to walk out like a red carpet, and they were just rubbing their eyes the entire time. I don't know, like... If the next morning, they're like, someone said to them, hey, what are you guys standing here for? They're like, looking for Muhammad. Like, I saw him, I saw him a couple miles away. I said, no way. And then, I, you know, at early morning, they, 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 they stamp you through the door, and they see, they see someone on the bed of the Prophet. Like, no, he's right here. He's laying down. And they go for the kill and they, re- they move the bedsheet or the blanket and they see Ali, radiallahu an, you know, laying there. And they knew it was, he was gone. And they, I mean, the, whole, the, music, the, whole, the whole story of Hijrah was a miracle upon a miracle, right? There's, there's so many times where the Prophet, in Sirah, we'll do the Sirah intensive, we'll talk about it again. Sure. I don't want to give it all away. But there's so many times in the Sirah of Hijrah, they were. People, right there. they were just uh, like an arrow away from the Prophet. Suraka, you know, Suraka. They were, they were there. Like you know, the Quraysh reached the Prophet's head. Like they were there. And in, in the Sira, people caught the Prophet. Like the Prophet was like they couldn't find the Prophet. Invisibility cloak. Yeah, exactly. They saw him, and they and they had like. Blood money on him, like go get him. Like, we will do anything for this price. They caught him. Suraka caught the Prophet. The people found the cave. It's and then Allah is showing his qudra. He says, I will protect you. Oof. Subhanallah. So there are multiple assassination attempts in this journey. And the Prophet comes to Medina. He meets Zubair. Zubair bin Awam is coming back from like Dima, uh, from Sham, Palestine or somewhere. And he's on his way back, and, and the Prophet is about to enter a Medina around Qiba. And he gives Abu Bakr Umar brand new white clothes, like he for, for like to wear, like the, the purest dress, like you know, a, 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 something to wear nice. He puts up a nice thobe, and the Prophet comes in Medina as if he was wearing Eid clothes, like he was dressed well. The whole journey was like. Rough in, 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 in the desert, and, and, and it was some. I, from my research, I, I come up with like 17 days, 16, 7, 16 days at least. This whole journey it doesn't take that long to travel from there, to, but he had to go three days, you know, towards Yemen. Different route, you know, the different route, the detour take long. Just think about it. That's how the Prophet came in safe, no blood, no dirt. He came in so safe. What hundred swords leaving. Coming in like a full moon, 
That it was the Prophet And it wasn't easy, Mufti Sahib, for the Prophet to leave Makkah. Like, I know he's like, oh, I gotta, I'm leaving Makkah. It's my home. And I have 100 people ready to kill me. And they're, going to, they're trying to hunt me down the whole time. Like, so you're leaving your family. And then while you're leaving, you're afraid of being killed. So, so there's so many things happening. Um, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I love the statement of the Prophet I'm leaving Makkah. He looks at the Kaaba and he says, Wallahi inna kila khayru ardillahi wa habbu ardillahi ila Allahi. He said, you are the best piece of earth in the world. You are the best, um, uh, most beloved portion of the world, of the earth to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nowhere in the world that Allah loves more than Makkah. I have to leave you. It's لَوْلَا أَنِّي أُخْرِجْتُ مِنْكِ مَا خَرَجْتُ If it wasn't, if I wasn't forced to leave your neighborhood, I would never leave you. I love this place. So imagine that psychological challenge. And then the challenge of being being tortured and his family members, can they make it? Many people didn't make it. Like a lot of time people like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, you know, like a lot of people didn't make it. Like a lot of like, oh, they all made it. No. A lot of times, and then they were afraid, oh, Allah is so kareem. Like they were, you know, Abu, Abu Lahab's daughter, she became Muslim and she came to Medina. You know that, right? It's crazy. It's an amazing story. And when she comes to Medina, people are like, you're the daughter of Abu Lahab? Your father, Abu Lahab? Allowed you to leave. Like your father was the most, he's a shaitan kabacha, you know? Or shaitan kabachah. Look at the devil. You're not getting, someone, someone, someone said to them, you're not going to get rewarded for your migration. She came crying. Her name was Durra. She came crying to the Prophet Wasallam. And she said, Abu Lahab was the uncle of the Prophet. So Durra was the cousin of the Prophet, right? Sure. The Prophet Wasallam got on the pulpit. He said, stop troubling me in my matters of my family. She's a Wahajira, she migrated, she does not have to face the evil that her father has done. Like we, that's erased. Wow. So a lot of people migrated and a lot of people made a lot of challenges for this Islam. And the Prophet eventually comes back to Makkah, right? Like he comes back. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Ibn Qurtubi says, Imam Bukhari says, Ibn Abbas says, come means the Prophet will come back to Makkah one day. And it happened how many years later? Seven years later? You know, he came back as Umrah a couple a year and a half before, but he comes back and Makkah is The keys are given to him. But, and this is the month of Safar, and the 27th of Safar is when Hijrah actually took place. So mm. we're not that far from it. We're almost we're about 10 to 12 days away from it. So um, it's a relatable um, topic for the month that we are in. But the focus of our discussion was that people deal with fear in um, in the we you know this ad surah wasn't revealed at this time. Someone was asking, it was revealed prior to this, mm -hmm. right? But Jibreel inspired the Prophet to recite this this verse in these surahs as he was leaving his home. So. Mm -hmm. Like there are multiple benefits of different surahs. Like, for example, Surah Falak and Surah Nas was revealed in Mecca, but it was utilized by the Prophet in Medina to Munawwara, right? When he was someone did some black magic on him. Point is that that this ayah is the effect of it wasn't limited to a certain time or to a certain place. It's for everyone, right? And we can still benefit from it now as long as we have that belief that if I'm struggling, 
Allah, I'm afraid. Help me bring a barrier. It doesn't have to be physical. It'll be placed, it'll be an energy force which will be there and will protect us from the people's harm that is in front of us. And that's how the Prophet's Hijrah was completed. And even in Makkah Mukarramah, like even those Sahabas that were struggling in Medina, uh, Makkah to Mukarramah, they still miss Makkah, like Bilal, right? Oh. That was, you know, that was a difficult journey. What's the poem, Bijan? Go ahead. I mean, the Muslims that studied in Medina were not happy when they got there. The Prophet, the I mean, this is going to be another discussion. We'll do it in Sirah. Yeah, sure. But Bilal, used to, in um, Abu Bakr, they got sick. So Ali, Aisha, anha, came to the room and saw Bilal and Abu Bakr just sick and in a bad condition. And Bilal was saying, Someone tell me one day I will go back and see the shrubs of Makkah. Like shrubs. shrubs. Like I'm from Michigan. And I if I leave Michigan, I move to the south, Texas, Houston, Texas, or I move down to the uh Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, or somewhere. And um, if I move down to California, California, and now I, all of a sudden I start saying I miss the snow. Like who misses the snow? You know, like some people do. I would maybe 10 years ago. Um, you know, so Bilal was like, I miss someone just tell me I, I can I see the water, I can see the water of Makkah, the shrubs of Makkah. Though Makkah was a rocky land, but he was just showing his a connection and affection and relationship to the city. And the Prophet made Dua Allah Mabarak fi Medina Kama Barakta Makkah. Allah bless our city Medina and Allah multiply the blessing of our city than more than Makkah had. So then the Sahaba kind of settled well. SubhanAllah. May Allah SWT give us, allow us the ability to go back to those blessed cities. Uh, for those that want to learn more about this, the blessed skill of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, we have Sila Intensive coming up in December, inshallah, which will be... End of December, your winter break, everybody, just clear your winter break, especially yeah. during COVID. We'll be having an on-site and online, inshallah. We'll be launching oh, it. I'm really excited about the Sira. So this Mufti Dohab never allows it to be online, right? We're not supposed to have it online, Bajan. We're not it's supposed to have it online. It's supposed to be in person. It's supposed to be like this in-person experience. But this year, because of COVID, some people might not be able to come and it'd be, you know, restrictions and limits of how many people have indoor safety. We would love to have this online. I'm, I'm begging Muhammad Dohab to do it, so he's going to accommodate it. And we want you, your family, and all your neighbors. I was I was saying to Muhammad Dohab, we should have 5,000 people join. And I said this to someone in the in, in the in the volunteers. They're like five thousand people. Sheikh Abdullah, maybe two thousand. I said two thousand. I was like, we used to get three hundred people to come on site in IGD and Unity Center in the last couple of years. I mean, five thousand is not a lot of people. If you think about it, there's one point six billion Muslims. What are they doing, man? What are they doing? <laughs> like, come on, man. This is the time to learn the Prophet. Throwing the snow. You know, it's gonna be in winter. Take some time out with your family. Learn the life. We should all study the life of the Prophet. We live the life of the Prophet. And this is an opportunity for all of us. So much good could come out of these challenging times, inshallah. So hopefully, you can, you know, last week of uh, winter break, uh, last week of December, I think you should mark that on your calendar from now. Mufti Dohab, tell us a little bit about the Sheikh Abdullah class that's going on. Yes, Bijan. Inshallah, the Sheikh Abdullah class is also starting this Friday. Um, the beauty of this class is. It will be taking place on Friday, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. And it will be discussing a topic that most um, you know, scholars don't teach online. It's more of a topic that's taught in person. It's about 
spiritual rectifications about the heart and the and the, and the, and the diseases of the heart and the cures that come um, through our through through the prophetic tradition. How we can purify our heart from jealousy, from arrogance, from a lot of times we don't even know those diseases exist within our heart. Like how physically we may, we may be, um, you know, we may have some form of a of a disease. We don't even know until someone tells us a symptom. Like, oh wow, I think I have that. Right? I didn't know I had that. Those those symptoms sound like I have that same disease. Similarly, a person doesn't even know at times that they're arrogant or they're 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 they're, they're jealous or they have envy or they have this animosity or they like to backbite or gossip until they are taught the symptoms of it and the signs of it. So in order for ourselves to be in order for us to protect ourselves from those things, we should learn about them, right? Rather than being reactionary, we should be proactive that we don't have those issues in our life. And of course, it will help us at a at a spiritual level and a practical level. So it won't be all theory, it'll be practical as well. And uh, and I think inshallah everyone will benefit from it. Osama bin Laden Bajan is a great teacher. I mean, I'm gonna the way you're talking about. I'm gonna be sending for that teaching Bajan. You know, honestly. So I mean, we're I'm we're close to him. Miftah has been working with him for a very long time. Uh, try to, it's only a fifty dollar class. It's very it's, it's a very cheap class. It's ten sessions. If you can't afford it, email us. But definitely join. Um, we have Crowdcast now. The portal that we're using. We have only limited seats left available. So we're, we're closing this class at a cap, right? So uh, whoever wants to join, please join. Is it already started? Yes, it started on Friday. So you're already getting your seats. seats are filling up. Yeah, they're filling up, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I, I mean, need to have one spot for myself because talking about jealousy, talking about... Fifty dollars. $50. $50. I'll give you 15 Canadian dollars. <laughs> Canadian dollars. Not rupees. Not rupees, though. Okay. okay. Thank you so much for joining us. And hopefully you guys can follow us all week. Tuesday, we have a program. Mufti Dohab. Sheikh Abdullah Evans does the family of the Prophet. Beautiful series. Behind the scenes with Mufti Abdul Rahman and myself. I don't know if Mufti Abdul Rahman is going to do family matters. Looks like he completed it with QA last week. A lot of people benefited from that. But Friday Night Live, Friday Night Live, I know you guys are enjoying Friday Night Live. So please continue to join Friday Night Live. It's just a treat for you, brothers and sisters, making sure your Friday becomes more lively. So hopefully you continue to pray for us and uh, keep us in your du'as, keep our institute in your du'as and please support us on Miftah Sustainers. Whatever you can do to encourage other people to also benefit from our content. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.